Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Welcome back to But Am I Wrong, a brand new episode starring the only two people who have ever done this podcast. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. I, how on brand for me, someone who has never been wrong to also at this current present moment, also not be wrong. Welcome to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome back. If you're not, my name is Megan. I'm joined by my co-host and the uh, the reason the the reason why the sun rises and shines in your world. Bitch, how did you know it was going to be at the sun? Because I just know. But here's the thing that would have made far more sense. But my brain was like, let's get technical. And I was like, the reason why the sun and I was like, nope, we don't. We orbit the sun. The sun doesn't orbit us. But I almost said the that the reason why the sun orbits Earth. And I was like, that's a you know how you have nationalism? What's like Earth is is there Earthism? Like planetism? Because <laughs> like that's like what that people sounds that like. are people that are like, there's definitely not aliens out there. Yeah. We are the only ones that exist. This is the only thing that ever I'm sure there I mean, there's something for everyone out there. Yeah, I mean, they're wrong, but, like, there's definitely a name for it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, yeah, welcome back to the podcast. We want to thank you all for understanding that uh, we had two replays the last two episodes because it was a shit show. It was a shit show of a time. As you know, I moved. And as soon as I was done moving, I just died. And then when I was starting to recover from dying, got strep throat. And funny enough, uh, we recorded an episode, which was the day that I was getting sick and I just started coughing more in the episode Mm -hmm. and my voice was getting raspier. That was the day that I got sick. And so we had to take some time off. And then Melissa was out of town. And then when she got back, she got sick. My body just shut down as well. And it wasn't COVID. I don't know. And it only really lasted like two days. Like I woke up on Tuesday and I felt like utter shit. But I was like, I'm going to push through. And you're like, no rest, which was smart. And I slept all day Tuesday and then woke up Wednesday feeling perfectly fine. So good. Who knows? Good. So we we took a, a, a small hiatus, our first one. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to thank you all for understanding. And we're excited to be back with another episode. I guess we should give the lowdown. This is a podcast where we two people who have never been wrong share things in our lives are we wrong about these things or hot takes and then we read email submissions from all of you and let you know if you are wrong in a situation and then we nominate our rachel of the week our asshole of the week but are they wrong pop culture current events they get to wear the cone of shame for eternity Mm -hmm. and the best part is that you get to vote on all of the little segments at the end of the episode so 
they will go out on our Instagram stories. And now there's like this new feature on Instagram stories where you have to like expand. It's not like on everyone's, but if you have like lots of little dots, sometimes it'll like ask you to expand to watch them all. But we always recommend in general going to our highlights because as soon as I upload the votes and like the stories there, I up I put them in the highlights as well because a lot of the time the stories will just skip over some of them. So you're up first. I am. <laughs> so this was me versus Katie who sent me a DM promoting eugenics. 1% said I was wrong. 99% said that Katie is wrong. And there were a couple people in the 10 votes for me that were like, oh my gosh, so sorry. My bad. Um, and then the rest of them, we can see a pattern of how they vote. And then it's also alarming when you see people's jobs and they you know, are occupational therapists or they work with disabled people. And you're like, hmm, okay, okay. So this was a, a great time to show your true colors. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate it. And then next is me versus the rude airline employee. 1% said I was wrong. 99% said the employee was wrong. Flying back wasn't that better as far as like the airport port went so for smaller flights with american there's like a a little terminal that you have to take to it's a separate remote terminal that you get on a bus and you drive across the tarmac and in get into that tournament no here in la so when you land back here then you land at that terminal and then you take a bus back to the main terminal oh i know what you're yeah so it usually takes i'd say 15 minutes took me over an hour to get on this and so many people were cutting the line it was just a mess because it went all the way back to the back of the terminal because people are sick and I'm sure a lot of people saw but over this weekend Memorial Day weekend they canceled half the flights because they don't have employees working because they're sick with COVID. It's it's bad. Like, it's so bad yeah. at this point that, like, everybody has this false sense of security of, like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. everything's going so much better, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's no. It's not. Know. The numbers are going up every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay, next up, we have writer number one versus TikTok therapist. 5% said writer is wrong, and 95% said that writer is not wrong. Some people were also similar to me who were, like, had never seen any of this, these specific kinds of videos. And for that, I will say, just because we personally haven't seen them, mean that people who comment, you've seen them, and this person's seen, seen them. a lot of them, yeah. Our For You pages are different. Yeah, that's just how TikTok works. As me, as someone that likes to see people being called out for their bad things, or I also like messy TikTok, I'm more prone to see these things than other people, so. Yeah. All right, then we've got writer number two versus boyfriend who says he wants to buy a house with the writer and buy a house with his mom. 7% said the writer is wrong, and 93% said the boyfriend is wrong. She actually wrote. Yeah, I was just looking for that. So they said, Hi, I'm the person who wrote in about my boyfriend buying a house with his mom. I literally kicked myself when I read the description of this week's pod when I realized I didn't include our ages. We're 22, but where we live, a lot of our peers are buying homes together or looking into it. I had spoken to him in the meantime, and turns out they had already planned to have a buyout situation when he wanted to buy again. But since he already figured it out for when we may buy, he didn't think to tell me. So he wasn't really two-timing me. We just weren't communicating, if that makes sense. Thanks for your advice. I really appreciate it, and I'm a big fan of both podcasts, and I love that I got some don't-blame-me advice, too. (laughs) So that makes sense to me. 
Yeah. Sometimes people just like don't like communication is like the that is like the root of the cause of so many issues. And it's some people just think that like, oh, I figured it out. And therefore, because I figured it out, it's not a topic of discussion. And this person is no longer worrying about it because we're not talking about it anymore. But sometimes it's like, oh, well, now that we're not talking about it, like now I'm worrying more. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that you have like solved it in your mind. Then we have writer number three versus the husband who said he didn't have money to plan anything for Mother's Day, but then spent money on an important fight. And don't forget, important fight is in (laughs) quotations. So 1% said the writer's wrong. 99% said the husband's wrong. Four votes that said the writer. uh, I'm pretty sure every single one was like, that was an accident. Yeah. This one just still makes me mad. Yeah, it's terrible. And I would love to have an update from you or like where things are at or how you're feeling because I don't know. I'm someone who like, we're not born all like knowing how to be like good partners and in relationships or whatever. But like, I'm the kind of person where like, if you've like really hurt my feelings or done something, like we can have one conversation about it. But like, first of all, this is like an obvious thing, but I'm like, if he's still kind of holding on to like, this isn't a big deal after all this time, I'd be really curious where your head's at because I would be yeah. livid. Yeah, agree. All right. And then we've got a uh, writer number four versus friend who mispronounces the writer's name. 2% the, said the writer is wrong. And then 98 said the writer is not wrong. Update. They are no longer friends. Yep. Because of unrelated. other issues. Yes. Unrelated. Yeah. But I would have seen that coming if I knew that information before. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. Though I will say she did explain to me how she's pronouncing the name wrong and her name. And it is just solidified to me that I do not understand phonetic spelling. Like I like, I need to hear someone say it, but like having it be written down where it's like, oh no, the emphasis is on this. My brain is like, cannot compute. I need to be better at that. (laughs) Next up was my wrong of the week, which was Disney World inviting the Indianettes to perform. I actually got the name wrong of this school. It was me. I looked it up while we were doing it. I got it wrong. I was ready to take all the... I assumed it was my fault. I'm going to be honest. The high school that performed at Disney that sparked the controversy was Port Nietzsche's High School in Port Nietzsche's, Texas. Keller High School is also named the Indians, but that was... I think it was referencing, like, another school, like, Keller High School, like, Mm -hmm. did either change or didn't change, but it was mentioned in the article as well. Um, and they said, I do believe that it's important to have the right have the right school's name out there because they do deserve so much hate. I went to college down there and had many peers who were Indianettes, and it's always baffled me how deeply rooted in hate that community can be. They go as far as having someone dress up as a Native American with a headdress and do all tribal dances. The community claims that's a tradition and that they cling to the fact that they once had approval from the Cherokees, which has since been revoked. And also, I don't know if it's ever been proven that they actually did have approval but it's been very clear that in recent not even recent years but like a lot like recorded history that they don't and they have made that very clear Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you for that correction the other one is still wrong but (laughs) they weren't the ones at disney (laughs) they they just happen to not be at disney but still wrong Mm -hmm. all right and then mine is wrong of the week madison cawthorn 95% said that he was wrong and 5% said he's not wrong. This is because a lot of people didn't write in. So yeah. And 5% is high. 5% is high. But he didn't win, which is a good thing. He also is trying to start. I forgot if he's naming it Super MAGA or Mega MAGA. He's Uh trying to start that. 
So I don't think he's going to be doing a tell-all anytime soon. So fuck this dude. Hopefully he goes away, but he probably won't. But there's a lot of other terrible things that he did too that I didn't even talk about. But you can look it up if you want to. Yeah, his problematic history is uh, extensive and Mm -hmm. never-ending and relentless. And just the young Republicans, like the young, active Republicans, like Josh Hawley, him, it's terrifying. It's like terrifying how they ignite these young other white supremacists. And like it's Mm -hmm. they they've got blood on their hands. Yeah. And also, this is something that liberals get too comfortable saying that racism will die out when the next generation dies. And that's just not true. It just keeps getting taught and taught. So you can't get too comfortable in your on your laurels about this and stop saying that. Stop saying that rhetoric. It's a different generation. No, it wasn't. Our country's built on it and yeah. designed on it. And so therefore, like if we're, our country is still built the way it is, it's always going to be there. It's never going to end. Like we have the constant cycle of keeping poor, poor communities poor mm-hmm. and then having t- telling them that who's to blame for that is minorities. And then they have all of this anger and hatred and then they don't go to college. They don't have a good education. The public school system is not great. And then we just have like all of these like continuing issues. We're going to put like landmines and we're going to put like all of this shit in these small communities. We're going to literally poison their brains and their bodies. And then those people are then going to grow up and become voters. It's just a cycle. Right. Anyways, that is the uh, results from last week. So we hope that you vote for... Two weeks ago. (laughs) Oh, you're right. 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 For the most recent... 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 Episode. Episode. So to vote for this one, uh, we do recommend that maybe you take some notes while just like on your phone while you're listening or anything, even if it's just like rewatching the stories a couple times before you vote. We do the same format. You can go through and practice. I don't even know if you could actually practice voting on old ones, but like get a sense of them before you vote. Yeah. And if you vote wrong, let us know. Yeah. Because otherwise it will be held against you. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. So. Now this is when we say, but am I wrong as in us or a hot take? I haven't had a good mental health week, couple weeks at this point. So I'm going to choose something a little lighter. And it's a hot take that dinosaurs are fan fiction. I don't want the paleontologist community to come after me. You're getting a real Christian Arkansas right now. No, 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 no. (laughs) Stop. Okay. Okay. I believe that dinosaurs are real. I believe the way that it is taught to us is fan fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah. First, I want to start out by saying that dinosaurs molded a lot of who I am today. One of the greatest things in my life that really changed me was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and the little bots that they rode around in were dinosaurs. Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Sabertooth Tiger, Triceratops, Tyrannosaurus. Is a saber-toothed tiger a dinosaur? No, but... Okay. <laughs> I was like, the- hold up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But it's that, of the that time. Was, it, it's of yeah. the time-ish. I mean, Ish. it was it's, in the ice age. Yeah. So after, so but it's, it's not the same really, vibe. Yeah, same vibes. Bef- yeah, <laughs> same vibes. <laughs> and I believe in dinosaurs. I just... <laughs> taking from that and also Jurassic Park, 
first of all, we don't know how dinosaurs sounded. And they, they're like, roars. That's it. So basically for a lot of these, they've taken the sound of like a lion and birds and like other very loud creatures and mixed it together. And they're like, that's what a dinosaur sounded like. We One, we don't know. And two, probably not. Also, we've known for a very long time or it's been speculated in the scientific form that dinosaurs had feathers. But in every depiction that we see, we know we don't see the feathers. So why haven't they upgraded? Science is a ever changing thing. You don't have you're not stuck in this. I mean, we're not still bloodletting people. You know, why don't dinosaurs have feathers? It would be unsettling. I truly think that that's like the reason why, like it would just make a giant chicken running around and like that. Exactly. But scared, but that's scarier than what we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. Also, like it's been said now that a lot of them didn't fly. So like pterodactyl weren't flying. Also like velociraptors, that one's the one that's doing most of the harm. And like most scientists now are saying those are probably like the size of a dog (laughs) and had feathers. So like they wouldn't be scary. (laughs) (laughs) I can't break into my nephew because he loves dinosaurs. I know, but this is what we're teaching the youth about these things that they're not true. Also, that they they drag their tails around. They're also they're like most scientists are saying that the tails would have been the way that they're depicted, and how we've put them together, the bones together. That it's too heavy. Like there's no way that they could have just dragged <laughs> their tails around. We also know that humans and dinosaurs weren't on the earth together, but <gasps> cavemen. <laughs> it's still being taught. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? Yeah. Also, some t- dinosaurs probably didn't live in water. They didn't look like lizards. You know, there's this possibility, which is the whole thing that um, Jurassic Park has built on, that that you can clone dinosaurs, which you can't. Also, the way that T-Rex's arms were made <laughs> probably isn't right either. It's just like, but well, made as in what we see in depictions probably isn't right either. It's just like, Can we please update it and teach what's actual science all around as a whole? I mean, yeah. Including dinosaurs. The thing with dinosaurs I think is so fascinating. It's like, here's the thing. Like, picture this. Like, you have been given a sack of bones and Uh they go, choose your own adventure. Put them together. That's what I'm talking about. It's fan fiction. It's literally. (laughs) But here's the thing. Like, who the fuck knows? Like, it's it's just as probable that it's that or it's not. But my favorite one is T-Rexes because I go, I'm so sorry. You built this and then you go, well, there's nowhere else for these tiny arms to go. So I guess this is right. And it's probably backwards because they had wings. So like the way that they're depicted. okay, sure. That was their arms. Flip it around the other way. It's wings. And then that makes sense. But also just be like, if you drew out, if you like put all the bones together and you're like, we're building this thing, this one's a T-Rex. And then that's the arms. I would look and go, "Mm, that must be wrong. Back to the drawing board. But it was like, you were just tired and they were just like, fuck it. I'm done. This is it. We found these two extra. It's like when you're building furniture and there's like two extra screws Mm -hmm. and you're like, shit. And you just like attach them right on there. Like, Mm -hmm. that's really what it was. But I think it's so funny. And I would be so curious to know that like, 
like I would love a documentary on like the the evolution of evolution and like the dinosaurs of being like, how did this, how did we get here of like this? Because I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on it. I'm pretty sure it was like they consulted an like a singular artist one time and then everybody else was kind of like, fuck, this is a like, it's a really huge undertaking. So everybody mm-hmm. got inspired by one person's thing who like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that was like a peer reviewed thing. It was like a, it was kind of like a singular instance. Not that it was is totally wrong. It could be wrong. It could be completely spot on. But then it just became, it was such a huge undertaking that everybody used that jumping off point. And I would love to have like a, like a life documentary about the person who did the first drawings of dinosaurs. And like, yeah, what? I agree with you. And here's the thing. The best things in life are fan fiction. Like, Right. (laughs) I mean, they bring joy, but also this is science. So can we make it right? Yeah. And also, I think the issue is, is like, because it is partially fan fiction, like we don't have like a lot of ammo to people who aren't teaching this and are teaching like another fantasy. I'm like, let's like really nail down the science because like right now, I mean, I'm telling you that like, yes, dinosaurs existed. We did not walk with them. Like this is, come on. But maybe we could make it a little more believable. (laughs) Also, as most things, it's capitalism because a lot of these toys already exist and they're like, "Mm, guess we're not going to change it because these toys exist. And kids are smart. Like if I say the wrong name of like a dinosaur or something, because like he will literally just be like, do you want to look it up? And I'm like, sure, I'll look up what this is because he doesn't know the name of it. And then or he says he doesn't know the name of it. And then I look it up and he goes, that is wrong. It is actually this. And I'm like, why'd you ask me? (laughs) But also, it could have been right a few years ago, but it's changed because that Uh happens a lot with dinosaurs. Yep. And so here I am using the World Wide Web and his little picture books are not up to date. And also, Mm -hmm. he is big into the dinosaur fan fiction because every dinosaur, he likes to put the dinosaurs in the Ice Age and likes to have them friends with the saber-toothed tigers. (laughs) And I'm like, sure, we'll put the dinosaur stickers on the ice caps. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Oh, okay. So mine is also about education. Uh, it's, a, it's a little heavier, but important. And my hot take, which I hope and think to this audience will not be a hot take, is I think that as an aesthetic girly, as a marketing girly, as a, a, a lover of a rebrand, I think the thing that needs the biggest rebrand is gun control. And we need to rename it to gun safety. And this is not to say that I've never like used these other terms before, but like really changing my narrative when I talk about people who are against abortion to being anti-abortion or anti-choice, not like pro-life. So I think the way we talk about things is really important because sometimes you need people to, they they need to verbally shame themselves. And if you're going to align yourself with like, I am against gun safety, I think A, it makes people think more critically about what is like being proposed. And in the last like week or so, I've had so many conversations with people about gun control. And it's like, it's just wildly apparent that the vast majority of people don't know what gun control is. And I think that as opposed to like the defund the police movement, the defund the police movement, I think like has been a conversation and a buzzword and uh, a movement for years and years and years and years in like leftist liberal leading groups, but has only been used as like a straw man argument or like a fear mongering term in the last like two, three years from like Fox Mm -hmm. News. That hasn't been like a nonpartisan topic or conversation 
it just it, it's it's been very one sided and it is like a grassroots organization and movement. So I understand when people who grew up in conservative households don't like have never heard of defund the police or even people who didn't grow up in like very leftist households or didn't grow up with like a father who was like, fuck the cops, don't trust them with anything. That's my interpretation of my father. But when it comes to gun control, like that's been a topic for so long that it's just so adamant that nobody, not nobody, and I don't mean this in like a negative way. I don't think it means that people like are stupid at all, but I don't know who coined the term gun control, but I would bet it would probably be a conservative. More to come in my (laughs) virtual of the week. (laughs) Because like that's that when people hear gun control, the amount of people who I've had conversations with who are like, I'm not for gun control. I'm not for people taking away my guns and like like making owning guns a federal crime and sending everyone to jail who has a gun. But I am for mental health resources. I am for intervening and like rigorous background checks. And they describe like every little, every single checklist of what gun control is. But the term, the word control in this is like incredibly misleading. And that is to conservatives benefit and like our detriment. And that is we need a rebrand because it is about safety and like everybody should want that. And if then you can get up there and say like, no, I am anti-gun safety, then like hmm, red flag, you should be on a watch list. Like that's that's a pretty big indicator that you are not someone who should be trusted with a weapon or a driver's license or anything. Yeah. I think it needs a rebrand. We can throw some millennial pink in there. Like, I can make a whole deck on Canva. Like, we need, like, a full fucking rebrand. And I just would love if... I don't want to say the Democratic Party because I don't have a great deal of faith in the Democratic Mm -hmm. current Democratic Party. And I'm also... I vote for Democrats because I know how the two-party system works, but I do not, like, align myself with, like hardcore democratic belief systems. But I would love if voters on the left could get a unanimous voice, which is something that I think we struggle with a lot, could get a unanimous voice on this and change how we all speak about this, similarly to how we've done with like pro-choice versus anti-choice. I think it would help a lot. And I think as opposed to the anti-choice kind of argument, I think we're far more aligned as like a country on guns than we are on abortion. And I think that both are very pressing, urgent topics, but I I think a rebrand, we could actually make some change. And by make change, uh, make a civil suit against our own government, which I think is the only way <laughs> this will happen. So... I hate the whole, like, we just need to find common ground. But here I am no. going like... This is where I'm like, we want the same thing and this is, we need to get it. And like, we can use each other to get this thing done and we never have to speak again. But like, (laughs) uh, pisses me off. Agree with you. You're not wrong. I, like I said earlier, this has been a tough week, two weeks for me. And I haven't been able to speak how I wanted to speak just because I'm just enraged and I'm just not at a place right now where I can. But I want... You, this is serious for you, and I know you joke about this all the time. Oh, I thought you meant to the to the audience or me. No, you, oh, Megan. Me. Oh God, I'm in trouble. No, you're not. Well, kind of. <laughs> that you joke about, you know, like you being dumb, and mm-hmm. you know, I you say I didn't go to college when you did go to college. You just didn't finish <laughs> college, and you say things like that, and I 
Bush, just watching your stories and, and I was applauding you because I think you went about this in a very smart way. And I never want you to talk about yourself like that uh-huh. again. Thanks. I appreciate it. I think that like, this is something that like I've learned as an adult, the different kinds of intelligence we have. And also mm-hmm. was very touched by that episode of Abbott Elementary where they're talking about like different kinds of intel. Have you watched that latest mm-hmm. one? Yeah. Where it's like I've, I've custodial intelligence. Yeah. We're obsessed yeah. with it. And that reminded me of that, that it was like, sure, there are some things I'm not very good at, but I I think I've realized recently that like not everybody feels confident talking about like these kinds of subjects and like researching them and all of that. And this is something that like, A, I grew up with this, like conversations, these narratives around. So like there's a natural confidence that comes in there. But I like to be strategic about talking about these things. I know a lot of people feel really defeated over the last couple of weeks about where I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I to you and to like everybody, I've never had more receptive conversations with people like at all. Like I the amount of people who like did not know these things and like were open to being educated and were like really shocked to hear what they found. And we're like, I'm going to continue to do my own research like this is really alarming was really comforting to me that there are people out there who are fed up with what's happening right now and are looking Mm -hmm. to be educated on this. And it's been, I am hopeful for the people that I talk to. I might not be necessarily hopeful for our entire nation, but I think if we can have more conversations with people, we can understand that like our government is pitting us against each other because they want us to remain weak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... Two incredibly important topics, but dinosaurs are something. Remember when a couple years ago when I learned about creationism? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. A fucking trip that I was like, this is a joke. It was like a Q&A that someone said something. And I was like, what are you talking about? And everybody's like, you don't know yeah. what creationism is? And it blew my mind. <sighs> okay. Now it's time for But Are You Wrong? Where we read your email submissions. So if you want to send us what's happening in your life past or present that you would like to know if we think you're wrong on, send us an email under 300 words at butamirongpod at gmail.com. Give us as much information as possible. It is anonymous, but if you're going to use pseudonyms, use real fake names. Don't give us like numbers or letters. Include ages, all relevant information. If you'd like to include pronouns, feel free to do so. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. Let's get into the first one. Hi, hotties. Yes. That's how I'd like to be uh, addressed from now on. My boyfriend, 28, he, him, started a new job and there's one other quote unquote young lady there. She, her, probably 20. My man came home from work today with a huge container of potato salad. I said, where the hell did you get that big (laughs) thing of salad? And he said, oh, uh, Jade said she made extra and she brought me this big container to my office. I said, excuse me? Am I wrong for thinking this is weird? I'm a Virgo, petty bitch, but my man just started a management position at this job and he's hot in all capital (laughs) letters. I'm biased, I know. And she just started in an admin position. No, they don't work in the same department. I'm tempted to send it back to his work with a note telling her to cook for her own man because <laughs> yes she's engaged i told him it made me super uncomfortable and he said 
He should have never accepted it. And he agreed. Also, are men always this clueless? Damn, am I wrong for being pissed? I love the energy that we've created in the studio today. I don't know if I love it. I love it. I love it. I do. This is big Virgo energy. It is big Virgo energy. But like potato salad is like one of the most unsexy foods that, that you could I was have. thinking that too. I, it's not like she made him a cake. She said she had leftover. She cooked too much potato salad and she brought it to work and he... Like, I feel like this is her getting rid of food that was in her refrigerator. Did anyone try it? Because, like, maybe right. her husband wasn't eating it because it's, like, really bad. Really gross. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, maybe she hates him. Maybe she put raisins in it. Oh, and apples. Right. Maybe Ugh. she just brought it because, like, and giving it to him because he's the only, you said that she's the only, like, quote unquote, youngish one. Maybe she's only comfortable because he's eight years older than her compared to somebody that's like 20 years older than her. And she was just offhanding it. I don't think this is a big deal. Like Maybe she I don't poisoned she, it like, and she like hates your boyfriend. <laughs> maybe. But like nothing about this just screams like sexy trying to cozy up to your man, trying to steal him when I'm an engaged woman. Like nothing about this just seems off to me. I would have the exact same energy as uh, the writer, though. Like, I, I would be like, would. fuck off. Like, fuck off with your fucking potato salad. I don't think you're wrong for, like, telling your boyfriend to be like, yeah, don't accept that. That's, like, super weird. But at the same time, I don't know really how you get out of that. You're just kind of like, oh, sure, thanks. Like, ah. Like, if I were him, I don't think that he thinks it's hot, right? Like, I if someone gave... It's potato like, salad. That's what I mean. Like, if someone gave Mott's, like, some, like, girl at work gave Mott's, like, a giant vat of potato salad, I would be like, this bitch is trying to come for my man. But I would know that Mott's would be like, ew, why would you give me <laughs> potato salad? Like, it would be, like, an like, extreme turnoff on, like, that end. But I do think it's, like, a little weird. Is he going to bring back, like, the Tupperware? Like, maybe, maybe it's like, oh, my girlfriend made you something and you can give her the Tupperware back with something that you made and put it on the inside. But no, men, I think men are clueless. But I also think if this was me in this situation on the receiving end of said potato salad, it's kind of hard to get out of that. But it does feel weird to be like singled out as opposed to being like, hey, I brought some in the communal fridge, but they don't even work in the same department. So like, how do they really know each other? Maybe they were in the break room at the same time and he just happened to be the first person that walked in and she was like, <laughs> I brought some potato salad. Yeah, I mean, I think the solution is you need to meet her. I think. <laughs> like, I think you need to meet her you and then assess the threat. Date. Yeah, assess the threat from there because like, I think the gesture, threatening. The execution, not threatening. Like, potato salad potato salad it's not a lava cake you can't eat everyone's potato salad as it is no. and i'm just not gonna eat a 20 year old's potato salad at all potato salad is something that like it comes with time and practice and you know there's a certain maturity maturity that comes with it this ain't it no, I'm not eating a potato salad from anybody that like wasn't alive during the Great Depression. <laughs> like, I'm just not like <laughs> I I like there's a prerequisite and I'm not eating a young person's I'm ageist against potato salad. Like I want my potato yeah, salad to be fresh, but I do not want it to be made mm -hmm. by a young person. 
And if right. it's store bought, I would also prefer it to be store bought by an older person because they know Agreed. what good potato salad is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm going to have a potato salad that's bought, it needs to be like at like an old deli, like where old people only are. Yep. Cats. Um, and there's just like a big vat of it that you have to like the people that work there have to scoop it out and give it to you. But like they have to be old. Like I'm not yeah. trusting that potato salad at like some up and coming hipster place. No, no, no. It'll probably be like pieces of kale in it. No, like and pomegranate seeds. Like I will yeah. eat. <laughs> I will eat a vinegar based potato salad from a young person, but I will not eat a cream based potato right. salad from a young person. Mm-hmm. No, no garnishes either. If there's like giant no. pieces of like dill or part, no, I'm out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm glad we're on the same page. The dill's got to come like from like a pickle juice. Like they pull poured that pickle brine into it. I don't need pieces of dill in it. Or it is a grandmother who has a plastic piece of dill that she uses just as the garnish that she sticks in the middle and then takes it Mm -hmm. off to serve it. Yeah. I hope anybody else understands or relates to this (laughs) potato salad experience. (laughs) This might be the most American thing we've ever said. Mm -hmm. Uh. Uh (laughs) So what's your final verdict? Wrong or not wrong? I don't. I think that the writer is wrong. You think she's not wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all. Because this would make me also uncomfortable. And I'm never wrong. <laughs> and neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> so we're both right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello, Megan and Melissa. My husband, 21 years old, he, him, and I, 22-year-old, they, them, married young due to him joining the military. Shocker. <laughs> about a year after getting together. We were still figuring out our relationship and learning about each other, so we decided to stay together physically. I didn't consider that at the time I didn't know who I was yet or what I wanted from life. As time passed, I've grown more into who I am and I understand myself more. Until recently, I've been identifying as an aromantic non-binary bisexual. However, my attraction to women has grown more as my attraction to men lessens, and a part of me feels as if I'm being unfaithful to my husband. I don't regret marrying him, and I love him for who he is, but I also know that I am not being 100% honest with him or myself. He wasn't the most accepting when I first came out to him as non-binary bisexual. He doesn't respect my pronouns, uses the name I prefer, and he questions, how can I know for sure if I've never been with a woman? I feel as though my existence is invalidated. I haven't told him about being aromantic because I know he'll say it's stupid. I knew he was ignorant when we first met, so please don't think too poorly of him. Am I wrong for staying in this marriage knowing I can't be wholeheartedly myself? Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you've done an outstanding job shit-talking ethically. I wish for your show's longevity. That is so Thank kind. You. What do you mean that we can't think poorly of him? Right. I, 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 let, me, let me tell you how many words I got in when I started thinking poorly of him. Shocker was One, my word. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight words in. Is that was d- done. military? It was that was before him joining, and I already knew where it was going. Oh yeah, I I agree with you. <laughs> and it wasn't about like joining the military because I know some people do because of financial reasons. It's because it was me saying that you married young due to him joining the military. I was already out. Yeah, context clues. I mean, just as a quick disclaimer, if you're a brand new here, I am staunchly, staunchly anti-military. 
And that being said, I also understand that the military industrial complex and how we keep poor communities poor. And then the only way that they can go to college, the only reason why my dad got an education was going to the military. Like he wouldn't have been able to go to college. I did not know this. No. He should be a guest sometime because he joined the Air Force and then he checked out a bunch of books from the library on psychotic breaks. And then he faked a psychotic break and peed all over everybody's cots. And then he got honorably discharged. And then he just got the free college education. Ethical scamming. Oh, my father is an ethical scammer. Like <laughs> it is like if you want to. It- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good I've even like had it on like ice and been like I'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and I just I love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while i'm working out i just take one stick of the hydrate mix it in with my bottle of water 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there they also have the all-in-one shakes which i absolutely love i'm running low so i gotta get some more but um i love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. 
Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is 
your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Anyone wanted to know where I got like, and I say this like self-deprecatingly lovingly, like where I got that side of me, like that is, that is him. Like it is like, he's unhinged in the most, um, like he's like politically unhinged to the left, the farthest left that you can get. But yeah, so he did that. So like his side of like that side of like my family, like didn't go to college besides him, like not educated at all. And like, that's the reason why he was able to go to college. And like, if he hadn't have gone to college, like a college degree in when you are not working like in a creative field is like so important, but it's also so wildly important when you grow up in an area where you're, you don't have access to great education. And so then you actually get, a, you can get a way better education there and like know what you want to do and be introduced to all of these things. So that being said, I understand, I don't fault people for joining the military and like the individuals a part of it. I fault some of them, but like as a whole, I don't want anyone to think that like, I think that like our government is corrupt and like you have to make it work for you and there's a way to do that. But yeah, I don't know why we're not allowed to think poorly of him. Like I don't think poorly of you for marrying him. Like I don't at all, but I do think poorly of him. How this is like, automatic, like initially framed is like, I'm growing to learn more about myself and we're not necessarily, am I wrong for like getting married so young and staying with someone who like, I didn't necessarily know who I was fully. It's not that you just didn't know, but he doesn't support you. And that's like the problem. It's not that you are two different people and you've grown and changed. It's just that like, not only does he not support you with how you've grown and changed, but like, it just sounds like he's a bigot and like, not inclusive at all. And like you are literally hiding parts of yourself because you know that he will say that that's stupid. Like that's not a successful marriage at all. And you're 22. So like this discovery that you've had, you're only going to discover more about yourself and you're only going to become more who you are. And you're only going to, that's just going to continue happening. And by the time you hit 25, you don't stop, but your brain you are, I was like a, I was a fucking completely different person between the ages of like 18 and 25, like completely Same. different fucking person. But like, I just don't think that if you've had this much self-discovery, which is a great thing, if you've had this much self-discovery by 22 and you already have to censor yourself around your husband because he's like a bigot, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And the only thing that's and your, your mental health will continue to just get worse and worse and worse because it's not that you're just hiding something. It's you're hiding something because you're like protecting it because like it's not safe. Mm -hmm. I hate saying people are wrong for staying in relationships when it comes to stuff like this because I don't want it to be the psychological aspects of these things. Like they don't want any sort of like victim blaming at all. So I don't want to say that I think you're wrong for staying in this relationship, but I do think that you're not being entirely truthful with yourself about who the person you married is. And it's no fault of yours. I hate the whole like, well, I should have like, I'm, I don't hate the like, I hate when people are like, oh, well, you should have seen it. Like you got yourself into this mess. Like, no, like we discover and figure out who people are when we're young. Like your brain's not fully developed. You're making these choices. Like, I don't think there's any fault in realizing that you made a mistake and you like you're with the wrong person. But I think that the fault in that is, is like you have to recognize that you're still continuing to protect 
protect him. And I think you're wrong for trying to protect him because I think it's preventing you from fully recognizing and realizing like how unsafe he is for you and for anyone at all. Yeah. You talked about a lot about him. Now I'm going to take it back to the writer. You're not being true to yourself at all. And I think it's important to ask yourself, why are you staying in this relationship? Like you can't be who you are. You can't express who you are. He doesn't respect you at all. You also feel like you can't share things with him. Like what kind of marriage is that? There might be some financial things that we don't know about reasons why you stay. And people are in relationships for different reasons and no relationship is perfect. But why are you with him? Because this is not helpful for you. And it's it's hard for me. I, I, I'm not going to say that you're wrong for staying with him because I, I don't know. I don't know all the reasons why you're staying with him. You, but also you didn't bring it up. You just brought up why he doesn't respect you. So I would like a follow up to this. I want to I would like to know what else is going on. Why do you feel like you do you feel like you're going to be a failure? Have you come out to other people in your life? Do you think that they're going to judge you? Why? Yeah. And I would also like to know that, like, how you see your next 30 years, because not being yourself has an expiration date, like inevitably it does like Mm -hmm. hiding and molding yourself, masking, like all of these things like that's like it's exhausting. And those parts of you don't go away. And so if you see yourself staying in this marriage, do you see yourself happy? Like, or do you see yourself like, do you factor in these things about you? Like, or do you envision that these things go away? And like, do they need to theoretically go away for you to be happy in this marriage? And that is like, relationships are, I don't think relationships are about sacrifice. I think they're about compromise. And that's not a compromise here. That's like mm-hmm. you're sacrificing who you are. And again, that's not sustainable. Like we just can't do that. Yeah. I hate also how the military, like they make it so desirable to get married that people mm-hmm. do end up getting married really young when they're not ready. And then they have been completely displaced from their friends and family and they aren't earning money themselves. And they're do- all of this stuff that makes it like really hard to leave these relationships. And they're also like statistically like not successful marriages and have a lot of infidelity. And it's just a never ending cycle. So I agree with Melissa. I don't feel comfortable saying that you are wrong for staying in this relationship, but I would love a follow up because I think that you deserve better than this. You deserve to be yourself. Yeah. And I think that it's never wrong to be yourself unless you suck and like you don't suck. Mm -hmm. Inspirational. Put that on a poster. (laughs) It's never (laughs) wrong to be yourself unless you suck. Unless you suck. It's true. All right. Time for a break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, hey. On to the next. Hi, I identify as he, him, gay man. So I've been working at this company for years as a supervisor in my department. Recently, higher management asked what we were doing in our work areas to celebrate Pride Month for the employees in our department. Immediately, someone mentioned a project someone was working on and the higher management said it was great, mentioning that they would stop by to take photos to show the other departments. Am I wrong for not wanting to do a single thing? I feel like management at this company is not doing it to be inclusive, but rather as a marketing ploy to show that this company does great things. I also feel like they are doing it so that the other managers in other areas see that our managers are doing great things in my area. Management never went out of their way to ask us to do anything for any other occasion. Nothing for Black History Month, AAPI, Hispanic heritage, nothing at all. And I am glad that they are trying to be more inclusive, but it feels like they are just using this for marketing, considering all the products they sell and promote for Pride Month. Part of me feels like it's just because of the bad press they obtain from the Florida Don't Say Gay bill. This is even the first year that the company is giving proceeds of sales to a charity. Also, they are only giving proceeds during the month of Pride. Let me know if I'm being an ass and wrong or if I'm perfect and right. LOL. I'm an Aquarius. Teehee. In case you're wondering what the company is, they have magical theme parks. Ooh. Could have <laughs> never guessed. <laughs> to be fair, the capitalism, the, the consumerism version of pride is guilty in so many organizations and companies. So many. It's theater. It's theater. They don't actually care for the most part, unless it's a company that cares year round. They're just doing this because it makes them, like you said, it makes them look good. I don't think you're wrong for not wanting to participate because why? Why? You're not a puppet that they can use to prop themselves up. You're not a costume they can put on that they can run around a park and take pictures with. You're not some ears you can just put on your head. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all for this either. I like as like a cis straight woman, like I get incredibly frustrated and annoyed with the consumerism aspects of pride. And I consume a lot of LGBTQIA content from creators. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, I don't need to tell you this writer, but like it's a very unanimous feeling and kind of discussion of this double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. A lot of like drag queens like Trixie and Katya will talk about like, I mean, tons of people, not even just them, will talk about how they hate the phoniness of marketing things for pride, but they're also like, they pay my bills. Like, I still do them. And mm-hmm. I, I pay my bills. And 
it's not up to anybody just because you're a part of a community that you have to be like the change and like your presence is like a sign of being an activist and like you need to see that people are doing something within your community like or or taking advantage of your community in this kind of sense and like it's also not your responsibility to say something and be like no instead we should do this this and this like you don't have to carry the responsibility of fixing this and changing this shit you can literally like sit on your ass and like watch them do whatever the fuck they're going to do and just like not participate like i think that's like completely fine and i think that if these companies actually cared, I think there is so much rich history there that should be taught. But I I don't think that th- there should be one month in the year that suddenly every gay content creator has like 45 brand deals that they don't have any other time of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that like trying to put like pack all of this in to look good so then you can be homophobic for the rest of the year and like not be inclusive for the rest of the year like I think it's fucked again I think the history is important and I think like that should be educated I think it should also be celebrated but I think the fact that we constrain it to one month and like then Target has an entire fucking like absolutely hideous display of just like rainbows on rainbows on rainbows like I would find that most of the time if it's not a consistent pillar of a company's like values and morals through the rest of the year, I would just find it performative and insulting. Because that's exactly what it is. Also, this is emotional labor and physical labor for people that work there. Are you getting compensated more for participating? No, probably not. Also, when they say that like proceeds are going to blah, 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 we're donating X, Y, and Z. How much? They never say how much, one, and then two. It's a tax write-off. Tax write-off. Yes, the money is there to support good things but at the end of the day it's a tax write-off for them yeah and also just donate just donate the money just give the money just give the money just give the fucking money and give the money year round give the money Mm -hmm. when these organizations they're fucking overwhelmed with money give the money in june but give the money every month pledge money all the time like just give the money don't need to make a rainbow themed absolutely everything and then give five percent of those proceeds to write to, for as a tax write-off and then you pocket the rest and you spent money to make money. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. give the fucking money and a really wonderful, way better apology, you know? And and work on using those big dollars you have to like reverse the fucking damage that you have done and then advocate mm-hmm. and use your very strong, very loud voice and deep pockets to um, elicit change in a state that desperately needs it. Exactly. Mm. Hmm. Uh, I'd be so pissed. For you. <laughs> I would too. But you're not wrong. No, not wrong at fucking all. Okay. Finally, me, 24 female, she, her, and my boyfriend, 25 male, he, him, have been together for four years. Recently, a friend of mine, she, her, found out that she was five months pregnant. She didn't have symptoms and had her period until last month. Because of this, abortion is no longer an option. It's legal only until 10 weeks in my country. And as a result, her boyfriend blamed her for not realizing it sooner and disappeared, leaving her alone with the situation. Now she decided to have the baby and is organizing a baby shower, to which she invited me and two of our friends and our boyfriends. My boyfriend told me he couldn't go because he was on vacation with his parents that day. It's been hard for me to see my friend go through this, and I don't want to go to the party alone because of it. I told him how important it was for me to have him go with me, and I was sad when he remained adamant about his decision. 
I also got mad at his lack of attempts to find a solution. And in a discussion about the matter, I told him that he could take a bus to his parents after the party. He got upset with me and said it spoiled his parents' vacation plans, so no. But the reality is that he already had a vacation with them once this year, and he has another scheduled, and he lives with them. Besides, I didn't ask him to not go, just to go a few hours later. So am I wrong for being upset with him? Yes. 100% yes. Yes, you're wrong. I understand how this could be difficult to like watch a friend go through this, but I think it is important to take care of our— like. If you're involved in a situation by proxy, if you're watching a friend go through something really hard, I think it's important to take care of yourself as a friend. Like, I think that, like, just because you're not the one actively going through those kinds of things, it's important to take care of yourself. But taking care of yourself is not relying on other people to change their plans and expecting them to be able to do that. It's just not um, a sustainable method of, like, self care at all because you're ca- you're relying you're you're putting that on somebody else and it's mm-hmm. yeah that it's that's just I think it's like a, a d- demand you can't make of like you have other friends going like it's mm-hmm. a baby shower like it's important for you to be there for your friend it's about your friend it's not about you it might be important for you for your boyfriend to be there but that's like a oh I wish you could come like that sucks and he can't but your job it's about you being there for your friends not him being there for you right i don't i think it was wrong for you if he's already had this plan for a while even if he had another vacation with it he still wants to see his parents this is something he was doing i don't understand why i get that you want the support but you're there to support your friend like megan said you have other friends that are there you can lean on them if this is getting too hard for you and if it's just too much for you don't go like i think you should be there for your friend but if you're gonna come with this kind of i don't want to say attitude but you're the way that you feel towards this don't go maybe just like give your friend a gift and let her know that you're gonna be there emotionally to support her even if you can't physically be there but yeah this shouldn't be like something that you're mad at your boyfriend for no I think even requesting it more than hey there's an invite I don't know if like you would want to try and make it work with your schedule like that's pretty much like it but pushing it even further again I think you're right like maybe you're just not in the right headspace to be able to support your friend so you feel like you need him there and if that's the case don't go like Melissa said like Mm -hmm. just if you can't be there and be there for her and be supportive like in the moment don't go and I think that like yeah it's it can be hard go what but then it can be hard when you get home And you can Mm -hmm. talk about it with him later. You can talk about it with your other friends later. But in the moment, if you're really struggling to support a friend in the moment, don't be in that moment. Like you need to be able to put that in a box to be there for her. And then you can deal with those emotions later. Like your feelings are valid. But right now there is a hierarchy of those feelings and like who is going through this. And you need to protect her. And sometimes protecting people is like, from your own energy, which sounds like very woo woo. But like, if you're going into this with like, feeling really uncertain and really unsettled and just like, not in a good mindset or a good attitude, the best thing that you can probably do for your friend is to not attend if you can't put that in a box and like pack Mm -hmm. it away for a couple hours. Also, like, I didn't know that like, I don't know, maybe it's a very 
American thing that like it's always usually just like women at baby showers. Well, things times are changing. Yeah. You know, like. No, I mean, it makes it makes total sense. But like, I would also just be curious if like it's not like a giant like couples date usually. So like I would be curious is like, is everybody else have like a significant other or a partner there? Is like that why you're anxious about it? But like. I wouldn't assume that every single person there, including the expecting mother, like it doesn't seem like this is something that it's not prom or cotillion where you mm-hmm. need a date to you attend. Date, yeah. I think that like maybe it is a cultural difference and there it tends to be more paired off. But I think in this case specifically, she's the dad's not in the picture. I don't know if she has like a new partner or something, but like I can't imagine that this is something that you decline an invite because you don't have a date to a baby shower. Yeah. And if it's about, like, anxiety, I understand that. But, like, is there a dog there? Like, is there, like, something else? Like, can you, like, show up early and, like, offer to help clean and help, like, make stuff and do that? Like, if it's, I understand the feeling of anxious of showing up at a party, like, when it's already started and people there or whatever. And, like, sometimes, like, in those cases where I don't know a lot of people, like, I will give myself a job. And I'll be like, here, I'll come over early and help you set up and, like, get a lay of the land, like know where the bathroom is and like do all of these other kinds of things. And I can feel like keep my hands busy, which can like help with my anxiety. But there's like a way to make that work that involves just you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Now it's time for But Are They Wrong, a.k.a. Rachel of the Week. This is where we pick someone or something that's happening either in pop culture or just in the zeitgeist about something. In the world. Somebody that's being an asshole. Somebody that's being an unflavored cunt. <laughs> that was really good. Unflavored. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mine is Marion Hammer. This woman is a gun advocate and lobbyist and was the first female president of the NRA, National Rifle Association, from 1995 to 1998 which means that she was very active when Columbine happened. And so Columbine actually happened the week before the NRA was having their big national meeting. And a lot of people got on a call and they were like, we shouldn't have it this year. And she was like, we're going to lose money. And they were like, well, we have insurance that covers this. Actually, they wanted to create like a victim's fund where they would give like a million dollars to the families of the victims and also to survivors. And she was like, no, we're not going to cancel this. We're not going to do that because that looks like that we're going to take responsibility for that. So if we did that, then the NRA would be brought to, this is a quote, brought to its knees and media will have a field day. So she was like, we're still going to have a meeting. So she is the one that started the phrasing of what's happening now as part of gun control and saying that they wouldn't issue anything as sympathy and blaming and not blaming the tools, aka the guns, blaming the people. So saying that, you know, the people are the evildoers and the gun is not the evildoers and and we should blame it on mental illness, institutionalized people with guns. So that's where the framework came from. We didn't even plan this. Yeah. Wow. She was very instrumental in influencing the Stand Your Ground law in Florida in 2005. Hmm. It it hurts, especially when you see another woman doing Mm -hmm. this and like, 
oh God, that makes me so, so mad. And yeah, I think that like, it's people like that who radicalized a radical movement, like even further. And how they speak about these things inspires school shooters. And like mm-hmm. that in itself, they've got a dollar amount to their, their their morality can be bought. And it like has mm-hmm. been bought over and over and over again. And they've set that. And she I've never heard of her before. But yeah, she set that precedent and shit hasn't been the same. No. And that's so fucking sad. Wow. Well, Rachel of the motherfucking week. Yeah. Rachel of the motherfucking year, century. <sighs> horrendous. Horrendous. She's a terrible person. So mine is also somewhat political. And mine, I would like to nominate Kim Kardashian, Chris Jenner. Sadly, I'm not going to be including him in this because I think that these two people are more egregious for doing this. But Snoop Dogg was also involved. And Rick Caruso. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone saw it, but Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner endorsed L.A. mayoral candidate Rick Caruso. And if you are an L.A. resident, you cannot get away from the Rick Caruso fucking ads. And it is just overwhelming. And as most major cities, we have dealt with crime and we've also had a surge in unemployment and this thus unsheltered people, just more people who are like currently experiencing homelessness. And there is in every major city that this is happening when it comes to like the the, who's running for mayor, you get a real, a real disparity (laughs) between really progressive candidates and not so progressive candidates because it's just becomes like this dire time. And so a little background on Rick Caruso. But so basically Kim got on her Instagram stories and did this like whole speech delivering why she is endorsing him and how she doesn't normally endorse politicians. And she goes on and on and on. And then she says that she believes that he can help lower crime rates and reduce homelessness in the city, which is a red flag if you're using those two Mm -hmm. separate issues Mm -hmm. in the same sentence as a relation because that's already I know everything I need to know which I already knew about Mm -hmm. Rick Caruso but that in itself and I feel like we also know that she is very active in prison reform and she passed her baby bar exam and it's just comical that someone who is working in social justice and prison reform would then endorse a candidate who is his solution is more cops and more money for those cops in L.A., which then will in turn decrease crime. And also, because he thinks they're related, more police will decrease the level of people who are currently experiencing homelessness. Explain that to me. Oh, you're just going to arrest them and put them in jail and you're for not actively having a home at that time. Also, he's a billionaire who also, like, in 2011, he switched to independent party and since, which essentially is Republican. Um, I'm sorry, but the, oh, if you don't pick a side until last year or this year, actually, he became a Democrat. Yep. But also question, doesn't she live in Calabasas? Uh-huh. She can't even vote in L.A. fucking, fucking city. Like she can't fucking vote here. Yeah. Calabasas is a city with its own mayor. So, like, 
why why is she weighing in on this? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because they're like longtime family friends. He owns of the course. fucking hotel, or he's like one of the investors of the hotel that Courtney got engaged at. Like he's like an old school friend of the family. Courtney, who was wearing Dolce and Gabon at her wedding. The entire family wore Dolce and Gabbana the entire time. And I go, I'm sorry. Mm. Not only like, are you forgetting? The whole wedding was sponsored by Dolce and Gabbana, which I'm like, oh, first of all, oh, it was gaudy, 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 gaudy. But like Dolce and Gabbana, not only like if we want to like first just talk about like personal issues, they like literally called all of the girls fat and like ugly and said mm-hmm. that they were irrelevant and like shouldn't be famous. Like they talked mad shit on each one of the Kardashians specifically, which Okay, yeah, horrible. Shouldn't do that. I would think that you would care about that if you're not going to care about the fact that they're like wildly fat phobic and like sexist and, and racist and homophobic. And also like, eugenic. Like they believe too. in. Yeah, yeah, believe in eugenics. Like they yeah. literally, no other fucking fashion house has like ever in current present times, like literally bullied celebrities and regular people from their like fucking Instagram account. Like, I'm sorry, what? Like, they commented on, like, Selena Gomez photos. Yeah, and called her ugly. Yes, like, the fuck? Like, I'm sorry, what? What? Like, it's just so fucking insane to me. It's just like, oh my God, it just makes me so mad because I think that, like, I am, again, this is like a, this episode is very much, my dad is getting a lot of shout outs in this episode, but, like, (laughs) When it comes to, like, prison reform and, like, social justice stuff, like, that's something that I'm very familiar with and, like, a topic I'm, like, very passionate about because that's what my dad does and, like, that's what I grew up learning about and knowing about. And so I am very, very, very happy from when anyone it gets involved in that and can, like, bring a bigger voice to that because it is a massive fucking issue that isn't talked about. And so I am willing, I'm not willing to like look past her other things, but like, I'm not someone who's like, oh, she shouldn't get involved in prison reform because like she has all these other problematic things. I'm like, I want people who are incredibly problematic, people who are not problematic to be involved in like actively being like, we need to fix our prison system. Like, please go for that. But like, I'm sorry, you have all of that fucking information and then you're going to endorse this guy who you can't even personally vote for. Like, it's just makes you look super fucking dumb and it makes you look really bad. It makes you look like you got bought off too. And it makes it look like you bought your baby bar results, which I don't think you did, but it makes me think- I'll say it on record, I do. But like, I also don't know really anything about that. So like, I don't know if it's possible. I don't know what the- well, and she clearly learned anything. And like, that's right. what's pissing me off the most that I'm like, so you took these shortcuts and these steps, which like, cool, you had access to this privilege to do that. But then in turn, that access that you have, you're not using that to like actually educate yourself on this issue, which like before this moment, like I did not question her intentions when it came to prison reform. And like, I'm not still actively questioning her intentions when it came to that. I'm questioning her intentions when it comes to endorsing him that mm-hmm. like, I don't think you have malintent when it comes to like prison reform. Like, I don't think any of that. But by endorsing a candidate like him, that makes everything else you do look performative. Yep. And like, you, really, you were going to do all of that for like a fucking check or like a favor to a friend. Like, that's just like, it's just such, such, such bullshit. And like, he's so, so bad. He's a lifelong Republican who like literally switched to a Democrat before this election like days, days mm-hmm. fucking before because he didn't think that he could win. He's a billionaire, which we already know what that means. And he is like a real estate. He's been the president of the LA Police Commission. 
And he's faced a fuck ton of criticism because he was a chair of the board of trustees at USC. And many people, right. myself included, believe that he had a role in covering up like 2019 college admission scandal and a bunch of sexual assault allegations at the school. There is no place for this person in politics in LA. We desperately, desperately need better. And it just comes full circle. We have, and this is my time to endorse Karen Bass, but like, this is like, Kim, you have been fighting for so, you've been fighting the allegations for so long that you hate Black women. And we have a Black woman who is running for mayor in LA County, who has been a lifelong Democrat, who has like grassroots activist who's working in like prison all of the things that you say that like you care about and all of these claims or whatever and like someone who has been like she, on the fucking ballot every fucking time like she is mm-hmm. she is tried and true she has been here she's like a pillar of like LA and like what mm-hmm. we know of as like politics here and you are going to endorse a fucking Rick Caruso a white man billionaire like it makes you look so bad I think that's just like what it is. And that makes me just really upset. That's the thing is I've been. okay. so I used to be like a hardcore like Kardashians. Yay. Until. Oh, really? Like I used to watch. I used to watch. Yeah. Watch the show. Like, I I mean, this was before the money that they have. Like, I would say like the first maybe two or three seasons. I was like, they're great. They're entertaining. Not great, like as in people, but they're just entertaining. They're good reality stars. Yeah. They're harmless. And then they just slowly just started showing who they actually were and just taking advantage of people. But then they like breadcrumb. They do a little one little good deed, a little good deed here. I just think it's all an act. My personal opinion is that I think all this reform stuff that she's doing is that it's an all an act. And at the end of the day, she is a Republican because that's what she's always been. Yeah. And A little insider knowledge and information, not about her specifically, but just about L.A. in general and the industry. Higher up people in Los Angeles will ask people who are up and coming or at any level to pick causes that they are important, they care about and that are really Mm -hmm. important to them. And we should all be having causes. And especially if you have a platform, have causes that you advocate for. But the reason why that is so heavily encouraged and pushed is not because you have a platform. It is because you get a lot of publicity and press and it makes you look good when you do said things. Exactly. It's all theater. And like it happens with tons of fucking people. But at the same time, like Emma Watson is like incredibly active in so much activism. And that could have started because her agents had asked Mm -hmm. her what causes she cared about. And it comes from a genuine place. Like we all have things that we care about. and. That's not bad. Like the inherent aspect of asking young people to care about causes and get involved with in causes is not bad. There are different outcomes and different mm-hmm. ways that people approach it. And up until this point have kind of felt like if you're performative in your prison reform and that's what it is, like as long as you're following through with it, where it's not it's, it's if you're doing this for your own personal benefit, if other people are benefiting and this isn't harming this, like benefit from like the press that you get from this benefit from the fact that this makes you more famous benefit from the fact that people talk about you doing this and you have something on your show to talk about for this if your benefit is equal to what other people are benefiting or less but this at this point it's not like this is there is no benefit for this and like I'm just it makes me mad and it makes me really upset because I think that she's had a lot of influence in people caring about prison reform which I think is great but when you do not have a cohesive fucking narrative it's misinformation and people are going to be voting and endorsing or thinking that increased po- 
police, he, he's for prisons. Like, thinking that those things are aligned is just, it makes me so mad. It's irresponsible. And if you have a platform, you need to be responsible. But especially if your fucking pillar of your platform is activism for a group you're not a part of, if you're including misinformation in that, like, you have a responsibility to do that community justice. And, like, you're not. And I'm just pissed as fuck. Um, it's passion versus performance. And she's a performer because she's not walking in what she says that she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. They're lifelong Republicans, that family. And mm-hmm. you would be hard pressed to find anyone born and bred, lived in Calabas, like in Calabasas, who's not. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure any of you listening, you have like these cities or these suburbs or these areas where you know that are more conservative or not. So I think people like us can see through that. But I do think that there is like a lot of like young voters who also happen to love reality TV who are mm-hmm. going to listen to what she has to say because they think that she is progressive because she might look progressive to them. Mm-hmm. I think Southern California and I think California conservatives are like so fucking dangerous because they yep. play as being liberal and they just, it's like the, oh, it makes me mad. <clears throat> and if I never have to see another fucking Rick Caruso ad ever again. <laughs> ah! You know who I want to see more of? Karen Bass, my favorite Karen. Of course. Of course, you know, Karen Bass. But I just mean just like picture wise, because it's funny. That one mayor guy that I showed you a picture of that just looks like he wants to fuck. Yeah, he's like, L.A., ready to get fucked. I'm going to fuck this city in a good way. (laughs) It's it's like the most sensual like I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, he's wearing clothes and he's standing Mm -hmm. upright. But like, Mm -hmm. He's not. He's naked and he's lounging in front of a fireplace and his dick is out. Like, that's just... Yeah. He's telling a story with those eyes. He's, what does the ad say? Like, L.A. Mayor has a new look or something like that. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. Someone got... Like, yeah. I wonder if he got hair plugs and just, like, no one can tell him shit now. Like, he's just, like, has the confidence. He has the confidence of, like, when you get your hair done. Like, and so mm-hmm. I'm like, what'd you do? Like, right. what is this? Where is this? Like, no one can tell me anything. <laughs> I'm so sexy. But I'm, like, not really a criteria not, for this, yeah. but sure. I'm not voting for you, but no. cool. <laughs> I don't even think like, he wants us it was, to. Like, I, yeah, it was just so shocking. When I saw that ad, I was like... <laughs> What is this? I will post it on our Instagram. But Melissa told me about this ad and she's like, yo, dude, have you seen this fucking ad? And I was like, no. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. And you're like, no, no. If you see it, you'll know. You'll know. Mm-hmm. And then I drove by it one day and I immediately texted you go, holy shit, I saw it. Like, <laughs> it's so good. It, it's it's a look. Well, anyways, that's our episode. We hope you all enjoyed. If you did, leave us a review on the podcast app. We would really appreciate it because we are still starting out with this podcast and we talked about this in our Facebook group but we would love to know if you would be interested in watching a video version of this podcast because podcasts are expensive to make so would you pay a dollar join a Patreon to see the video version of the podcast or even just like support the show because like we really love making it but there's a reason why there's a lot of trust fund white men making podcasts yeah they're expensive to make and we would love to keep making it yeah we haven't to be honest we haven't made yeah. any money and we're actually like negative uh-huh. we're losing money every show. week <laughs> mm-hmm. and so we'd love to keep doing it but you know once we get more episodes then there it becomes more financially stable but right now we're going in our pockets and pulling out money to create episodes and we would love to break even and then eventually make money on the work that we're doing mm-hmm. um 
But again, if you want to vote, go vote on our Instagram stories and anything else. Mm -mm, I think we're good. If you're in L.A., please vote. Across the nation, there's elections going on. So please educate yourselves and vote. Please do. And we will circle back. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.